We have to go back! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today we are reviewing our first Pauly Shore movie, Son-in-Law. Almost said Biodome out of instinct. I I really did. I almost did. I almost said Biodome. Uh, But yeah, we're reviewing... Not Biodome. (laughs) I'm about to say it again. Uh, We are reviewing Son-in-Law. Buddy? That was my... Holly Shore impression. Oh, I don't think you needed to clarify. <laughs> uh, but before we get into this review, I want to thank all of you for leaving um, comments and headcanon and um, all the things on uh, Twitter and Instagram. You all are just so much fun to have uh, as an audience. Uh, I've, I've been loving the headcanon. Uh, I think uh, we had some really great headcanon uh, from Lanisha uh, about the our Beetlejuice review about the afterlife being inter or Beetlejuice being intertwined with Stranger Things, without giving any spoilers. But I just love that connection, and it was great. Uh, so thank you. Uh, for all that great stuff, Lanisha. And then, uh, Timothy, uh, for your awesome shout-out for uh, your additional appreciation of Sinbad. Uh, so thank you all so much. Uh, please continue uh, to make suggestions uh, for movies we should review and uh, for and giving us headcanon. It's all about having the conversation. So thank you. All right, so now back to the show. So uh, we are reviewing Son-in-Law. It's going to be such an awkward pause every single time. <laughs> I really just want to say Biodome. Uh, so we're reviewing Son-in-Law because it is a secret Thanksgiving movie. For those of you who don't know, uh, we have decided on our podcast that if a seasonal holiday happens in the movie... It is that holiday movie. So Sandlot is also a secret 4th of July movie, for example. That's a great example, yeah. And uh, and Harry Potter uh, and the Sorcerer's Stone is also a Christmas movie. So mm-hmm. that's, that's, how, that's the logic that we're using. Uh, so here is the plot of Son-in-Law. Give you a quick little synopsis. So country girl Rebecca, played by Carla... Gigino uh, has spent most of her life on a farm in South Dakota, and when she goes away to college in Los Angeles, Rebecca immediately feels out of place in the daunting urban setting. But she is befriended by a savvy party animal named Crawl, played by Polly Shore, uh, who convinces the ambivalent Rebecca to stay in the city. And when Thanksgiving break rolls around, mm. Rebecca no longer an innocent farm girl invites Crawl back to South Dakota where he pretends to be her fiance and antics ensue boy do they yeah so that is the uh plot of son-in-law it was released in 1993 it uh is estimated to have had a budget of 20 million dollars and in the box office it made 36 million dollars and uh it was the second uh feature film to star uh, Polly Shore, his first one being Encino Man, which made him a, a bigger name. But prior to that, he actually had a big 
following on the MTVs. Let me take you guys back to 1989. Pauly Shore had a big break on MTV because he was another VJ, which was a term us 90s kids used for video DJs because video was all all the rage because video killed the radio star and all that. Think Carson Daly, but... Probably a later time slot. Um, and so at the height of his MTV fame, uh, Pauly Shore actually had his own TV show called Totally Pauly. Uh, and he was mostly a host. And um, and he his biggest segments were happening during MTV's uh, annual spring break parties. Um, and he basically just rode that wave for a really long time. The show ran for six years total. Um, and he even earned a HBO TV special, which is not easy to get. I've tried several times. Even in this day and age of free-flowing information? That's right. It's not that easy. Um, but he is most notably known, like we said before, for um, Encino Man, Son-in-Law, also Jury Duty, In the Army Now, and Biodome, which is... The only reason why I know Polly Shore's name is because of a reference that Weird Al made in the song Albuquerque, where he said, yeah, the in-flight movie was Biodome with Polly Shore. And that's the only, I, I've never seen Biodome. I have only heard that reference in a Weird Al song. So thank you, Weird Al, for introducing me to Polly Shore and helping me win all those trivia nights. That have to do with Biodome or Pauly Shore. So um, in the early 90s, Pauly Shore was a one of those breakout personalities. I feel like he would be a Vine star um, nowadays. Like someone who has a very, uh, a very strong niche of popularity with a younger demographic that other people don't necessarily know how to market. But when when he's there, he delivers himself, and and the people who love it love it. Um, he oh another thing I forgot to mention is that he also has this persona uh, from his stand up um, sets called the uh, the weasel. Like they call him a weasel in the movie, and he kind of cultivated mm. this persona called the weasel, which is him talking in his surfer cadence. Um, with dude speak and everything sprinkled in through it. Um, and when I was watching this movie, I'm like, man, you know who he sounds like? He sounds just like that guy from a Goofy movie. Um, the kid who's like, hey, look, it's the leading power of Cheeza. Uh, for those of you at home, you're probably thinking, yeah, Bobby Zimarewski. Um, well, that was... Read my oh, mind. <laughs> So I, I was like, wow, he sounds just like the guy. I wonder if that guy was modeled after Polly Shore. No, that was Polly Shore. Oh. No, seriously, like, I, I was like the kid who's just like, ow, 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 hey, yo. No, he didn't say that line. Uh, he was just like, maximum whatever. And, like, I just, like, just super over the top, like, just, I don't know, Polly Shore, basically. He, he yeah. was just Polly Shore. He was an animated Polly Shore and... When I connected those two dots, I'm like, oh, well, that explains everything. So I've grown up 
kind of having Polly Shore being actively in one of my favorite childhood movies and not even knowing he was there. Wow. He's like a guardian angel of comedy. <laughs> yeah. That's actually that... the only scene I remember from a Goofy movie. Really? Is... None of the musical numbers? I totally forgot it was a musical. I thought it was just like a stage play. <laughs> I remember them on rafts, like inner tubes. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Going down a river? Um, nobody else but you. It's just star luck. We're stuck together. Oh, I probably didn't know what music was when I first saw it. <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot. But yeah, let's go ahead and get into our reactions of the movie. Uh, so I'm assuming that this is your first time seeing the movie as well, Grayson. You assume correctly. <laughs> although, although, so uh just came out on Netflix. Like they just released it with a, a whole slew of new titles. And Netflix will sometimes have some interesting thumbnails. Like they don't show you the poster of the movie. And so you'll just see the thumbnail and be like, all right, fine. Um, so we watched this. It wasn't until after I finished the movie and saw the cover on IMDb that I realized I passed this movie every week for years when yes. I was a child. At Blockbuster. Yes. Well, yeah. for me, it was Cox Video. <laughs> With an X. Oh, of course. Of yes. course. Well, I'm just imagining you as a child going to this Ma and Pa like VHS store that's just like... Just like uh like imagine like a local coffee shop, like not in like the modern day, but just like a nineties internet cafe, but with VHS is just all along the wall. No, it was a legitimate business. It I was know Cox video. Let it me was have on the this end dream. of a strip mall. In fact, the location was so good they got bought out by Blockbuster in their location and Blockbuster moved in. Then Blockbuster moved to a larger location across the street in a hibachi place moved in. <laughs> Rest in peace, Cox Video. But they had son-in-law on the end cap. And so I would pass it and be like, oh, that looks like a weird movie. Yeah. And realize I had just seen it. So here's the thing. I, as a kid, was almost positive that was a Howard Stern movie. Yes. Just from the co- just from the cover alone. I'm like, oh, because uh, I knew as a kid, I knew who Howard Stern was. He was like guy who I wasn't allowed to listen to. Yeah. Um, but I knew his face. I'm just like, oh, well, that guess that's a Howard Stern movie. And the top of it says outrageously funny. And as a kid, you piece together that outrageous is synonymous with dirty. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I knew from reputation that Howard Stern was seen as a, quote, dirty comic. And so there you go. Yeah. Also, he kind of looks like Howard Stern in that picture, which is probably what it actually was all about. Mm, no, I like the other one better. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, as a kid, I was a huge fan of American Gothic. So anytime I saw yeah. anything parodying that, it, it caught my eye. Show me a couple looking straight to camera, and I'm in. <laughs> don't don't quote me on that. It's too late. So yeah, uh, this was my first time seeing the movie, and so it was. This is again, I've said this before, but this is my first Polly Shore film. So yes, I, I felt like I 
missed out on this whole era because I um I was talking with uh, Michelle, who's also a listener of the podcast, and I was like, oh yeah, I watched this movie. Uh, uh, not Biodome. <laughs> Such a reflex. So I watched this movie, Son-in-Law, The Poly Shore. And she was like, you don't need to explain this to me. I'm like, yeah, I guess I completely missed out on Poly Shore. She's like, you haven't seen In the Army Now? And Sino Man? What? So I think it was more of a, uh, I think I think it just skipped my, not generation, but just like, I think I was, I would have had to have been older um, at the time of it uh, to appreciate that. Because I feel like, like Andy Dick, for example. Like, do you remember watching Andy Dick? Oh, he was that outrageous comedian, right? <laughs> the the one and the same. <laughs> well, so when I grew up, I saw. I feel like he was like the Polly Shore of uh, like the later two thousand or the later nineties, early two thousands. No, Tom Green. Tom Green. It was Tom Green. Yeah, it was Tom Green. Like so, Tom Green, Andy Dick. I feel like those guys. It, the those are the people who I associate most with like that kind of outrageous persona um, or that count that kind of like uh, niche kind of extreme comedy um, that Polly Shore, I feel like would have been more synonymous with. So I think it's just like a, not even like that large of a span of time, but like he was like an early nineties VJ on MTV. So like, I feel like just like three years later, you have someone else who's in that spot and you're watching MTV constantly. You just associate that with that. Speaking of MTV, uh, to promote the film, MTV ran a contest to marry Polly Shore in Las Vegas. That's how big of a following he had. Sounds legitimate. <laughs> and so, um, fun fact, if you're out there, Tanya Sinati of Salisbury, Massachusetts, won the honor... And the wedding was set for July 2nd, 1993. Though there was a ceremony, no marriage certificates were signed. That was so much information so quickly. <laughs> so what did you have to do to be considered? Is there like an application? Yeah. Is it like a snail mail Tinder? <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure you had to write in a fan letter. Um, Just a fan letter. A fan letter or show them your Helga Pataki uh, Hey Arnold shrine. The anachronism warped my brain for a moment. <laughs> I was in the same boat watching this movie. I I didn't realize that I had never seen a Pauly Shore movie. Yeah. And I was like, this is very different. I want to explore this. Yeah, I mean, he has a lot of films I feel like we will eventually get to on the podcast um just to see more of this um but um, by eventually do you mean all of his films by next week <laughs> i mean exactly that grayson mm. our first quadruple movie review it's the four 12 hour episode. days of Polly. <laughs> oh gosh oh man we're doing it <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. So another thing I didn't realize uh, when watching this movie, uh, everyone's in this. Everyone's in this. Um, you have Patrick Renna from Sandlot yeah. in the movie. He's a real little. Yeah. And he plays this just little snot-nosed kid who's really into hacking. Oh, man. I just I, I just want to make a compilation of all early nineties hacking. Just like 
oh man, oh you're just a hacker just like me, which never played anything. Like it never came back up. He's like, hey man, I'm gonna show you like how to like use computers, man. And he's like, oh man, you you really connected to me because as a youth, I too computer, and you computer. So <laughs> friendship and bond was made, and then never brought it up. And then it come in to play later on when uh, he he didn't have to hack into like any kind of barn footage to like verify like what happened, or he didn't have to check in with anything. It just happened. It just happened. He just was a hacker. Uh, <laughs> that I, it didn't bother me at all. Uh, and then Brendan Fraser was in the movie uncredited as Link, um, who is the character from Encino Man. Uh, Brendan Fraser is the guy who ate the frog, in case you had a hard time placing baby-faced Brendan Fraser. The same character is also accredited to In the Army Now. So no the way! Link, yeah, the Link trilogy is Encino Man, Son-in-Law, In the Army Now. Interesting. All the same character. Must watch. Um, Flea is in the movie as a tattoo artist. Yep. Yeah. And and even Adam Goldberg is in the movie as the culturally insensitive Dave American costume. Oh my gosh. That was Adam Goldberg. Wait, in what part? It, it it's the part where she's going through the hall and he's like, "Oh, I get it. You're like a a a, a farmhand, right? Like a really sad farmhand in the movie." Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> and then Tiffany um Thesaurus from Saved by the Bell is in the movie. <laughs> Tiffany Amethyst. Yeah, she's in the movie, and I was just like, every time these people showed up, I'm like, oh, uh, what's happening? Like, when did all these people just show up? Yeah, it's quite a, a smattering of folks. Yeah, um, but at the heart of it all is Polly Shore and Carla Gugino. I don't know how to say her last name. Gugino. Gugino. Uh, that's it, Carla Ghirardelli, um, who most listeners probably know her as Silk Spectre from Watchmen. You're right. She was Silk Spectre. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Or if you watch Wayward Pines, she's also the, the wife in Wayward Pines. More recently. Haven't seen that yet, but she's in it. <laughs> Overall, man, this movie... Um, it was interesting to watch because it's it's your standard fish out of water story, but like I think just the magic of it is <laughs> just how Pauly Shore. Because I again, I, I feel like I've said this too many times already. I've never seen a Pauly Shore film, so just seeing what his shtick is and how many situations they set up for him to have it is just really fun to watch because like he he just does he does his thing so well and it's so weird and so um almost uncomfortable to watch mm-hmm. that it just works in the right way well what i realized is he's playing that weasel character the whole time right yeah so i don't know what Polly shore actually sounds like 
Yeah. I mean, he sounds like himself in the serious scene. Like, okay, so I'm watching the movie, and I'm in, like, the last maybe 10 minutes of the movie. And my wife comes home, and she starts watching it with me, and she's like, so is this not – this isn't a comedy. This is a drama, right? I'm like, no, it's a – it's definitely a comedy. You're just hit the last mm-hmm. act. Uh, and I feel like that whole scene, like, he was being – more of himself because Pauly Shore is still very active. He has a YouTube channel uh, where you can hear his voice, and like that's his voice. It's just when he elongates words and does things like "fine" or "chiza." Yeah, it seemed like it was difficult for him to form sentences at times, <laughs> and I didn't know if that was a Pauly Shore thing or if, like, if that was like how Jeff Goldblum has all those uh, vocal uh, fillers. Then you'll see it's a uh, 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 chaos theory, right? I didn't know if it was like that or if it was a character. Yeah, turns out it was a character. It was a character, and what a character! <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I I thought it was fun. I mean, it, I think the thing that this uh, movie reminded me most of was like freshman year of college, and that whole uh, not even culture shock, uh, but just like the difference between like being at home and like being at college. Like I would have loved for the movie to spend more time actually at college. Uh, instead of it just being the montage scene of like, Hey, listen, we're in California and California is crazy where people dye their hair and get tattoos, which a fun fact that tattoo is real. That is actually oh, the butterfly. Yeah. That's, that's her, uh, uh, Carla G- G- Ghirardelli. Carla G- uh I cannot say it. I, I can't even say Ghirardelli. There it goes. <laughs> Carla Ghirardelli. <laughs> uh, that, she already had that tattoo, so they oh. incorporated it into the film. It was a nice connection, too. That's surprising that she already had it, um, because it makes sense why she would get that tattoo, if you listen to the speech that the principal's giving at the graduation at the very beginning of the movie. Oh, yeah. He, he's talking about how you're in a chrysalis, and now you've broken out to be a, a butterfly in the world. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So I thought that's why she picked it. Turns out she picked it because she already had it. <laughs> Last question before we go into headcanon. When you watched this movie, did it remind you of any other movie that you've seen? Yeah, actually, it did. Um, it felt like a precursor to Meet the Parents. Wow. I was not going to get that from that, but yes. Like a guy who just has the best intentions. Uh, I mean, it's a little different because he did not intend to be engaged to her when he showed up to meet the family. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like this kind-hearted person trying to gain the approval of some pretty close-minded individuals. Yeah. It was... And I love... like Okay, so maybe my favorite moment in the entire movie is when they just start blaring Green Acres. Green Acres! I'm just like, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> like, when's the last time you heard a Green Acres reference? Where they play, like, a proper amount of the song. Yeah, probably just the last time I watched Green Acres. Oh yeah, they, they referenced it for twenty two minutes straight. <laughs> yeah, 
Like I just, oh man, and I, I <laughs> that was great. And then I just also loved because it didn't make sense to me except for in the mind of Crawl because Crawl is so much of a caricature of a like surfer kind of persona that mm. like I I never really understood his motivation for anything. Um, his whole like, hey, listen, I was just like you. Let's go out and explore. Like, what do you want to do? Like, that's that thing I got. But him going back with her to the farm and then being like, no, man, I want to be a farmer. Like, I want to, let's not feel out of place. I want to, like, be in there. I'm just like, dude, why? <laughs> why? Why are you so adamant about this? Uh, I, I didn't really get it. I still don't, but I loved yeah. it. <laughs> Unresolved. <laughs> You know what that means? Demands a sequel. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Da 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 Head cannon is the place to be. Oh, I wish you had let me know that's what we were doing. I thought you just wanted to sing it. Uh You wanna redo that or I just I, keep it. <laughs> do you want to redo this part or just like keep the part where we're talking about redoing it? <laughs> I it's all ev- just going to stay in there, isn't it? Everything is going to stay as it is because it's perfect. Just how it is. All right. Um, so headcanon is a part of the show where we share our unique ideas about the movie and share untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. And uh, this movie uh, has one very strong piece of headcanon. For me. Um, and here it is. Crawl, played by Polly Shore. Yes. Said that he had been in college for six years. Right. That's a long time. That's something that people would make you a legend. That would get you like a lot of notoriety along, uh, like around a lot of college campuses. Um, maybe even a college that Ryan... Reynolds, not Ryan Reynolds. Dang it! Wait, Reynolds, right? I don't know where you're going with this, so I I'm not really Van able Wilder. To help. Oh, I've seen less Van Wilder movies than I've seen of Pauly Shore movies. Okay, so Van Wilder was the first movie, and I'm not proud to say this. The first, like, rated R movie I snuck into. Oh, man. Mine was The Matrix 2, but I didn't sneak in. My parents bought me tickets. (laughs) You and I have different definitions of what sneaking in is. Mine being the working definition. Yeah, well, like, so my friends and I, we went... I forget what movie we said we were going to go see, but we got tickets to that, and then... Like little middle school bodies like snuck into Van Wilder. Um, and the premise of Van Wilder is uh, basically this kid played by Ryan Reynolds, which I now confidently can say. Um, he's Deadpool, right? Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Um, he is a guy who uh, goes to college. And one of the big famous lines that was in all the trailers is like, well, lots of kids go to college for eight years. Yeah, they're called doctors. Um, solid joke solid joke (laughs) still holds up 
<laughs> and so um, it's all about him uh, being this guy who's like been really he's like, but I'm good at being at college. And then it's like this coming of age story of this guy who kind of refuses to quote unquote grow up and go into the real world. And I feel like Van Wilder was inspired by Crawl. He's like, oh, this guy, dude, you hear about this guy in the 90s? He went to college for six years. Well, you know what? And he went to college for six years and majored in karate for a semester. Something that my wife saw. She's like, wait, wait a second. You majored in karate? You majored? He's like, yeah, I majored in karate for a semester. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You majored? Like, that was your, that was your declared major for a semester. Uh, another gift from that movie. Um, but yeah, my headcanon is that uh, Van Wilder was inspired by Crawl to go to college as long as he could. That was the movie that this movie made me think of, more so on the front end of it. You know what? I, it just doesn't feel like I can really move forward with the headcanon without doing the sound because we kind of skipped over it during the great botching of the Green Acres theme of 2016. <laughs> Never forget. So I'm just going to do it, and then I'll say my headcanon. Okay. All right, I'm ready. Good. I had a hard time coming up with a headcanon for this one just because I, I think the premise is pretty straightforward. I tried to come up with some kind of Fight Club theory because we haven't done that in a while, um, where, like, Crawl is just the manifestation of Rebecca's need to break out of her repressed style and her repressed life but Mm -hmm. it makes no sense because the dad interacts with him (laughs) um yeah it just it just doesn't make sense so i'm going to play the same universe card and say that this takes place in the same universe as back to the future purely because of flea as the tattoo artist um, so this would have taken place a couple years after. Something is clearly wrong with Flea. He's like not really responding. We know at the end of Back to the Future 3, spoilers, uh, that uh, there was going to be a car crash. And that's what Marty avoids, uh, is like hitting the car. Flea's character goes around it, around the Rolls Royce. Mm. I think this movie takes place in the first timeline that was created where Marty does hit the car and mess up his hand. Flea is also involved in the accident, causing some kind of head trauma, which is why he responds the way that he does in Son-in-Law. I also think he's had this job for quite a while, or for a couple years anyway, which is how Flea's character in Back to the Future gets the nickname Needles. Oh... (laughs) That's good. Oh, I didn't know where you're going with it, (laughs) but I'm glad it landed there. That's awesome. That's all I got. That's solid. All right. So now we're going to go into the part of the show where we talk about recasts and remakes. We talk about if this movie were to be made today, who would we cast and what would be the storyline if there were to be some kind of like inspired sequel. I would also like to point out that this movie is technically kind of already being remade. Um, this year, um, there's a movie called Why Him, starring Brian Cranston and James Franco. That's right. And it's all about this girl, um, who's actually going to be, um, marrying 
this guy who is this very eccentric, uh, like billionaire, think like Mark Zuckerberg, but with Charlie Sheen's sensibility. Um, what a dangerous combo. <laughs> Uh, and Brian Cranston is the father who's just like, but why him? And uh, so that movie is being made. Uh, and I think that it's very, the premise is very, very similar. And I really do think that that movie would have been called Son-in-Law if this movie had not been made. <laughs> like, oh, Son-in-Law taking you? He's like, yeah, a Polly Shore film. Dang it. Why him? Why does he get all the, oh, let's use that. So if I were to recast this movie today it would obviously be uh dave franco dave franco would be the role mm. he would be the role of uh crawl it, it would largely be uh the premise of the neighbors or 23 jump street or 22 jump street and i think that he would just have a lot of fun with that role him or shia labeouf's return to comedy oh the glorious return <laughs> Uh, I feel like like that would be so good. Like you take his Rin Stevens character, who now I have to assume was uh, either I, I mean Louis Steven. Yeah, Louis. Yeah, <laughs> he is a chameleon. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like he would have been like that kind of character would have been the one. Mm-hmm. And then Anna Kendrick uh, probably as the farmhand, or if not Anna Kendrick, if I, maybe age it up a bit. Um, definitely Kristen Wiig. Age it up even more, definitely Maggie Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Call it Downton Prairie. That, that's it. Oh my goodness. <sighs> that would be fantastic. If I were to recast this uh, for Polly Shore's character, I would cast Ezra Miller, who... Mm. is um, going to be playing The Flash. Or I guess he already did in uh, in a small bit. But, um, yeah, he's going to have The Flash movie. He was so good in Perks of Being a Wallflower. Yeah. Um, and he can definitely play that quirky range. Um, so I think he would do a great job. And he can play the more serious stuff as well. For the role of Rebecca, I would cast... Um, Season one, Haley from Modern Family. <laughs> oh, totally. That no, she'd be great. Season one may be a little young. I think it's solid. Four. <laughs> when did she go to college? I would love for, to, for them to do uh, a a switch. So instead of it being about this um, this girl bringing her um, super city guy to you know the farm. I would love for it to be switched, like, um, mm. like this. They go to like some super college or like super like farm college or something, like, and then they had to go into the city. So it's like a reverse Green Acres. Well, it'd be interesting too to have this family that's really tight, and then this um, like kind of straight laced kid goes to school, meets this kind of wild child. Uh, like girlfriend that he has and then um brings her home to the parents and then they're just like what's gone on no i like i like that dynamic i think i think the yeah i really feel like it has a lot of room because just the the overall premise of it i think has a lot of legs um today because like all you have to do to set it in today's time is just throw in some jokes about like yeah no wi-fi is out here this is great 
or um, talking about uh, the. It, it, I think it would be more about like um, the person who the son-in-law or daughter-in-law um, comes into the farm life. They'd be like at first they'd be more reluctant to it, mm-hmm. um, unless they were super hipstery. Which I, like I couldn't shake the idea of him being super hipstery, except he loved everything non-ironically. Um, because like uh, he's like, oh Americana, I love it. This is this is Middle America. This is it. This is perfect. Like I was like, oh man, this is just like I, I like it. like he's already dressed the part. Like oh, so you do farming? He's like, oh no, this whole outfit costs like a thousand dollars, kind of thing. And I feel like it would be like a lesson learned on both sides. Like hey, we can learn so much from each other. And uh, I, I think that would be fun to see. I actually think uh, Reed Ewing would be a good actor for the role. Listen, Grayson, we've talked about just making up names. No, it's real. He's, well, he's he's Dylan from Modern Family. <laughs> Listen, unless you say season one, Luke, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> that show was built on season one, Luke. Much like this show. Yes. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to go into our penultimate segment. Uh, second take titles where we kind of bounce different ideas of what this title could have been. Uh, we've already brought up Why Him, the hmm. 2016 movie. Um, I probably like, I was I wanted to do this segment mainly because I feel like Son-in-Law is good, but it's only like. It plays, I guess it plays a decent amount of significance to the movie, but um, I feel like Son-in-Law would have been, like, the name of uh, Meet the Parents, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like, oh, well, there it goes. Meet the Parents. All the good titles are taken. I don't know. I was trying to do some kind of Venn diagram combination of, like, his West Coast sensibilities and the farmland, and... I kept thinking, Cornifornia. <laughs> That's pretty good. He is, like, on the West Coast, and so he's going to, like, Middle America. And it's mm-hmm. all about, like, the daughter going from the West and going back. So I call it Westworld. Um, <laughs> and it, it, it's just all about how, you know, they're in this super old timey type farmland and then she goes back and then she comes back she's like wow i've seen some things uh i think it could focus more on the uh relationship between crawl and the the sandlot kid yeah (laughs) and uh and just call it brothers in farms (laughs) oh man that's great this isn't a reference to anything else but i think if it was like more modern updated and the uh, crawl character was more like um like a k-fed type that's a topical reference right <laughs> kevin federline he's in the zeitgeist oh my goodness not only did you say you said k-fed a phrase <laughs> that was previously obsolete I, it, my mind deleted that my mind mm. deleted that yeah, everyone kind of forgot about it uh, after K-Swiss bought them out. <laughs> and then Keurig bought them out and made K-Cups. 
It's a dynasty. <laughs> but if he was more of like that style, then I think you could call it crop it like it's hot. Oh my gosh, yes. Or you could call it California Sun. Ooh, that's good. I think that's the one. I think that's the way to go. And now we're going to wrap up our review with our reasons to recommend. Grayson, why would you recommend? Well, I don't know why I said recommend that way. Why would you recommend Son-in-Law? Well, if you're like me and you haven't seen a Pauly Shore movie before and have no frame of reference, it's a really fun place to start. Um, it's very relatable. It's... Um, it's a little bit of a wacky situation, but it's not like some of his other films where you're like trapped in a biodome or uncover a caveman. It's like it it plays more into a familiar story. Um so it's accessible. Um but also he's a really intriguing character to explore. Um I would almost equate him to like how the Joker is so interesting to watch just wow. because you want to know how he got to that place. Yeah. And you see the picture of Crawl in the movie of how he used to be. We were already blew past uh, recast and remakes, but I want to see the story of how you know Crawl became Crawl. Um, and so I would recommend it just because it's a really interesting character study that um, kind of demands your attention. The rise of Crawl. <laughs> Get down on your knees <laughs> and crawl. Yes. Uh, yeah, I would recommend this movie uh, because, I mean, basically for the same reasons. I mean, Pauly Shore, he was, like, for that, like, four-year period of time, like, he was, like, the guy for this role. And it really is interesting to see, like, these kinds of movies because it's interesting just to see, like, the different phases or the different trends and styles of movies especially comedies get made um, and they're like make these vehicles for these uh, very uh, prominent figures in, um, in pop culture. And it's mm -hmm. so interesting to see that now um, or see that and how it relates to now. So I definitely re recommend it as like a case study. Um, and if you, if you're on the fence about seeing Encino man, um, this movie will definitely make you want to see Encino Man because all I wanted to do was just immediately watch Encino Man. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a ton of fun and it is like a 90 minute, oh my gosh, I know that person uh, game to play. So I recommend <laughs> it for all those reasons. And it's a yep. great Thanksgiving film to watch oh. with some of your family. But not all of them. Nope. Make them leave the room. <laughs> they can go watch Biodome. <laughs> All right. That is our review of Son-in-Law. Uh, let us know what you remember about Son-in-Law or what you fondly remember about Pauly Shore on Twitter and Instagram. In both places, we are at Flashback Flicks. And uh, let us know what you thought of this review on iTunes. Go ahead and search for us on iTunes. And uh, leaves a review on a scale of one to five buddies. Let us know how we did. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until next time, remember to be kind and rewind. <laughs>